have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. I have decided to follow Jesus. No turning back. No turning back. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. The world behind me. The cross before me. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. No turning back. God, you tell us to never look back. So may we keep our eyes focused, fixed on you, Jesus, the author, the finisher of our faith. Fill us with your word today by the power of your spirit, that it would be the lamp into our feet and the light into our path. We give you all the glory and praise forever. In Jesus' name, amen. Kathleen Carnally here. I am excited to get back into James today. We're going to be picking it up in chapter 5, starting in verse 4. So grab your Bible, maybe a notebook and a pencil, and we'll begin. Behold, the hire of the laborers who have reaped down your fields, which is of you kept back by fraud, crieth. And the cries of them which have reaped are entered into the ears of the Lord of Sabbath. Wow. So James here is addressing those who have hired laborers and have taken advantage of them. Well, their cries reached heaven and God heard it. Let this be a reminder to all of us that there is nothing that we do in our lives, in our business, or in anything that God doesn't see all or hear all. Proverbs 10.9 says, He that walketh uprightly or with integrity walketh surely but he that perverteth his ways shall be known. All things are known by God. And though people can be deceived, he for certain is not. Hagar in Genesis 16 calls him the God who sees, and he surely does. Proverbs 22:16 says, He that oppresseth the poor to increase his riches, and he that giveth to the rich shall surely come to want. This is a warning. For all those who oppress others for personal or financial gain. Going back to James chapter 5, in verse 5 he says, Ye have lived in pleasure on the earth and been wanton. What does that word wanton mean? It's a person who was given to a self-indulgent lifestyle. Like you be wanting something. Ye have nourished your hearts as in a day of slaughter. If you know anything about how animals are cared for, prepared, fattened up, up to that point of slaughter, then you have a fuller understanding of what he is saying here. And he goes on in verse six to say, he have condemned and killed the just and he does not resist you. Guys, this is just getting worse and worse. What would cause someone to behave this way? Especially someone who has so much. And we see here, they're now coming against the just, those who are innocent and aren't even resisting Well, it really goes back to the end of chapter four, where he addresses those that are living for gain and success in this world. And then at the beginning of chapter five, James is dealing with those that are wealthy and have much. 
we are seeing a progression of behavior that's continually getting worse and worse. But we do have a clue as to why this is happening, why someone would ever have it in themselves to hurt the just or take advantage of the weak or the poor. Why? Because money can have a very interesting effect on people. If we value wealth too much, especially as our security, it can greatly influence our judgment. Just like we read back in James chapter 2, episode 10, about being a respecter of persons. It can affect our behavior. We can find ourselves doing things that otherwise we would not have done. There is a reason that the Bible calls riches a snare. It calls them deceitful. And as Christians, we so often think of how much more we could do for God if we had more money. Well, ironically enough, the Bible warns us that the deceitfulness of riches can actually make us unfruitful for the kingdom. Jesus said in Matthew 13, verse 22, He also that received seed among the thorns is he that heareth the word, and the cares of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word, and he becometh unfruitful. That seed was alive and growing. But the cares of this life and the deceitfulness of riches choked it. And it couldn't produce like it was meant to. So is money and wealth dangerous? Well, the Apostle Paul explains it so well in 1 Timothy chapter 6 about the dangers of money having our affection or being our security. Let's turn there. Starting in verse 6. But godliness with contentment is great gain. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be there with content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation and a snare, and into many foolish and hurtful lusts, which drown men in destruction and perdition. For the love of money is the root of all evil which while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. It is that love of money or giving ourselves over to its lust that could actually hurt us and drown us. And like it says here, even cause us to err from the faith. But praise God, we are not left in hopelessness here. He shows us how we can protect ourselves and avoid this end. Verse 11 says, But thou, O man of God, flee these things and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Fight the good fight of faith. Lay hold on eternal life, whereunto thou art also called and has professed a good profession among many witnesses. So you are called. And if you didn't know it, he's calling you right now. Profess your faith. Flee the temptation and the deceitfulness that money and wealth can have. Flee means run and live a life that continues to give. Combating 
those moths like we talked about last week. Hold on to eternal life like it says, meaning don't let go and certainly don't trade it for anything for there is nothing in this life or in this world that will ever compare to the riches of His grace and glory. Be prepared to live like you've